Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello, hello to Ryan from HR. Big welcome to Headliner Radio. Great to have you on the podcast. Um, if you could kick things off with, I guess, just introducing yourself and the band, really, that'd be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So we are, we're three brothers from New York City. Um, and HAR started out street performing, busking in Washington Square Park. Uh, and we used to go out there with a the ukulele and just play covers. And we ended up making enough money doing that to buy Pro Tools and recording equipment, um, which then we brought back to the living room, and we've been recording there ever since. Uh, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been a very slow grow for the band, but now we're fortunate enough where, you know, we have a bunch of... Uh, songs and albums that people know and we're we're able to kind of tour the world doing this yeah awesome i mean this is obviously a good thing you're one of those bands where you know trying to say what you do in one sentence is next to impossible is that a name for you guys to give journalists like me a, a very <laughs> difficult time describing you or? i mean i would hope so i feel like that's i guess all of my favorite bands are kind of like that like how do, how do you you know how do you describe uh, the Beach Boys, <laughs> well, you know, what's there. Mm. Um, um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I guess that's something we uh, aspire to. Um, we try to keep surprising people. Uh, and so every time when when people expect a certain sound from us, whether it's an album or a song or something we do on tour, we try to throw a wrench into it and take a left turn. So I guess when, when you do that, it becomes <laughs> hard to describe exactly what our sound is. Yeah, I mean, on that thought, how do you guys approach making music and what, what's that dynamic like of being three brothers in a band together as well it's uh it's been i think very beneficial to us so far because we grew up together we grew up in, in a tiny apartment in new york city with a with a triple bunk bed so we all <laughs> shared a room growing up so we had to naturally and forcibly become close um and so i think just then touring the world in a, in a tour bus and in these little planes it's just become a almost a continuation of that, um, and I think creatively it's been very helpful because I think a lot of times if you're in a band with people that you're not a million percent comfortable with, friction can start to arise because people are taking jobs that aren't their that that, that aren't their skill set, and you know there are people that are like, oh, I, I could try writing music or I could try doing the album artwork, and then you're not comfortable enough with each other to say, hey, no, this is actually what you're good at. Um, so I think being brothers and being so close, we can kind of tell each other, hey, no, no, I think this is more of your skill set and, you know, I'll take this role and you take this role. Yeah, and are the, the three of you together now in quarantine? Um, me and Jack, I'm the middle brother, and uh, me and the youngest brother live together in Union Square. And Adam, the uh, older brother, technically doesn't even have a house right now because right. we were supposed to be touring this entire year. Um, and so he didn't have uh, an apartment uh, in, in New York because we were just supposed to be, you know, all over the world this year. And now with quarantine, he is, he, uh, is just like living with my dad for a little bit. I get up, I get down, and I'm jumping around. And the rumpus and rock gets so comfortable now. Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow. So I got an apartment across from the park Put quinoa in my fridge Still I'm not feeling right Been a hell of a ride But I'm thinking it's I, I grew up listening to Beach Boys and 
Beatles and Simon and Garfunkel, a lot of 1960s uh, groups. And then once I discovered my own taste, I got very into hip-hop for a while. I got really into Eminem and Kanye West um, and Jay-Z and Kendrick Lamar. Um, and we also, honestly, we also take a lot of influence from Broadway. We're, we're, we, we grew up and still go see a lot of Broadway shows and listen to a lot of show tunes. But I think if you melt all of that together, you kind of get AJR. Yeah, I mean, it's cool you mentioned the Beatles because they're kind of like the ultimate genre-fluid band and so influential. So I guess that makes a lot of sense to hear you giving them a shout-out for sure. Yeah, I think so. And I think they're another example of it's very hard to put your finger on them just because if you look back, the 1964 Beatles is, you know, leaps and bounds different from 1966 Beatles. With every album they put on such a short amount of time, they, they were so transformative. Yeah, I mean, because initially they were doing the kind of, um, you know, the rock and roll of the time, and then suddenly something happened, and yeah, they just became the most experimental, amazing band ever. Was that was it a case with AJR, like finding your feet with what you wanted to do initially, and then did it suddenly click? Or yeah, I think um, I, I think it was it was a similar thing where we, I guess it was a little bit different because we had been a band for about eight years before anybody had discovered us, or you know, it, before anybody cared, and in those eight years, we went through so many changes that were just not in the public eye. We started out as a very folk band, then we went through a very Broadway phase, we went through a pretty like hard hip-hop phase, um, and this, this more super-pop kind of like disco-y phase. So all of this was happening, and we were kind of honing our skills and putting in our 10,000 hours before anybody was <laughs> really listening besides our high school friends. Um, so I think by the time that we got discovered, we kind of had a good idea of okay this these are this is the amalgamation of all the sounds that we've experimented from the from, from the broadway years and from the disco years these this is what we can draw from those uh from that toolbox and so uh we were already kind of one step ahead when it when it got to people knowing who we were yeah it's interesting you mentioned the ten thousand hour thing i feel like that's become a very prominent uh talking point in the music industry i know i, I saw a video where it was in um, Billie Eilish's room where she recorded all her music with her brother, and they have the ten thousand hours like stuck above their door frame. I think just to remind them. That, so has that always been an important concept for you to try and hit that ten thousand hour mark? Oh wow, I didn't know that about Billie Eilish. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, it wasn't important in the beginning. I think anybody that just starts out, their mindset goes to, "Why am I not already successful?" But looking back retrospectively, it, it couldn't be more clear that nobody's first song is any good. Um, and the, as much as you try to pour into that first song, it's still never going to be any good. You have to fail a lot, a lot of times um, in order to realize what not to do and, and learn those tools. So looking back um, uh, a million percent, we would not be where we were, where, where we are today if we hadn't put in those 10,000 hours. Because I think often... Now we can sit down and write a song very pretty pretty easily um, that then ends up you know doing well on, on radio and Spotify and stuff. But we would never be at that place that that to have that skill um, if we hadn't failed so many times before. Do you think you could put your finger roughly on when it was, and did it feel like you had and there was some kind of success to go with that at all? Or? Wow, um, I think it was around the time when we made our album The Click. So our first album was yeah. called Living Room, and that was us really experimenting. Everybody's debut, you know, studio album is 
them trying to figure out what their voice is and a lot of experimentation. Um, and we sometimes got it and we sometimes missed the mark, but the next album after that, I think, is when we really started to find what AJR had to say that no one else was saying. And that was the point when we started writing songs about really specific topics that had never been written about before. And that was kind of our vision going into the album. It was, let's write songs about The Office, the TV show, and, and what it meant to us growing up. And let's write songs about, you know, marijuana legalization and uh, <laughs> short attention spans. We, we just, we thought, let's, let's, let's um, inject emotion into these seemingly mundane, uh, unimportant topics. And at that point, I think that was a major breakthrough for us because, first of all, fans really responded to it, and that's when our touring started taking off a lot more and the, and the album, you know, that we, we did this went gold. So we knew, okay, we have something there. But even more than that, we, we as a group started to think, oh, okay, here's our voice. Here's what we're saying. Here's what we have to say that no one else is saying. And it's, it's weird. It seems like the most intuitive thing in the world, like, find your truth, like shut out all the noise and find what you have to say. It seems like it would be the easiest thing in the world, but it takes so many times of emulating other artists. It takes so many, like so many tries of copying other things you've heard before to finally figure out uh, what it is that you have to say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You mentioned the Beach Boys and the Beatles. I guess not everyone would maybe hear that instantly in your music. I mean, in terms of the more modern sounds like the super modern production and the kind of trap beats and stuff like who are the contemporary people you're listening to um let me think we were when fun was still a band we were enormous fans of fun um we like uh mia a lot oh cool we like do, do you know hobo johnson uh oh yeah rings a bell yeah he's this like spoken word rapper um that 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 talks about really interesting subject matter um, we like Childish Gambino a lot. Uh, mm, we like some cool. of Kanye. We really liked Kanye like seven years ago. Um, yeah, so that. Yeah, amazing. AJR just feels like the ultimate example of a band putting all their influences into one sound and seeing what comes out in, a, in an awesome right, kind yeah, of way. Yeah, I think that's been a, an interesting challenge, especially now because we're in the middle of making our fourth album. We're now at the point where you wanna you wanna keep growing, and you don't want this new album to just sound like you're rehashing your own, your old, uh, you know, you're resting on your old laurels. Um, but you want you want to feel like you're experimenting, but you also want it to sound consistent with AJR's catalog. So now that we're this many songs deep and and four albums in, that in terms of what everybody has been watching, uh, it's been an interesting challenge. Here we go. The last single was Bang, and I believe that's about growing up right, which is a pretty subjective thing. Like, I guess one person might see being grown up as wearing a cardigan and getting their taxes in order, and then some people just don't want to grow up at all. It feels like, yeah, just don't want to do it. Where do you fall on that spectrum of this whole growing up thing? Hey, we're still trying to figure it out, and that's so much of the subject matter of our songs and albums. Uh, we, that 
Neo Theater, our last album, was very much about that. It was about trying not to grow up, trying to find a place where you don't have to learn these hard lessons of being in your 20s. Um, and then Bang was a little bit of the sequel to that, where it was, okay, we're, it's going to happen. You know, I'm, I'm doing all the things that my parents did. I'm eating healthy food and I'm, you know, superfoods and I'm doing my taxes, but yet I don't quite feel like them yet. But I know it's going to happen. It's inevitable. So let's just let's just go out with a bang. Yeah, uh, is that something you're more conscious of being in a band with your two brothers as well? Do you think? The, what about it? The growing up aspect? Yeah, just because you're in a band with your two brothers who you were literally in a triple <laughs> punk vid with as kids. So I just wonder if that's something. Maybe it's at the forefront of your mind more than the average person. If you're around the two people maybe. you literally grew up with. You're right, because this being now 26 really feels like a continuation of being 12, you know, because not that much has changed. I am still, I still have the exact same job. I'm doing the same thing every day with the same people. Um, so that's actually a really good point. I'm sure it's, it's more prevalent in our minds, uh, our, our childhood, than someone who had a completely different childhood than what their job is now. Mm-hmm. It'd be great to hear about like the conception of the song, writing it. Um, and do you guys produce the music yourselves? Yeah, everything is written and produced by us in our living room. Um, so it started out with the track, uh, which doesn't normally happen when it comes to singles. Usually that starts with the concept, and then we build the track around it. But this one, we had this track that we knew was cool, and we had it about a year and a half ago while we were writing Neo Theater, the album. Um, and so we, uh, we, we, we had the track, but it was a much slower version and much more, many more minor chords. It felt more evil sounding, and it felt very Broadway show tuny. But we knew something was cool about it. The, the horns going da 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 dum 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 dum. And so we put it on the back burner. It wasn't quite right for Neo Theater. And then when we were done with the Neo Theater tour, we dug it back up because we were like, oh, this it wasn't right for that album, but this, there's something we could do with this. It's, there's a way to make this digestible to to 2020. Uh, you know, college kids and teenagers. And so we ended up speeding it up a little more. We changed the chords around. We added some more drums that felt more recognizable and more current, like some more trap-sounding drums um, and, and, you know, twitchy hi-hats and rolling snares and stuff. And then, um, and then, it's, and then just the concept kind of came to us. The first thing that came is, was, let's go out with a bang, 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 that little tag. And then it was about trying to figure out, okay, let's, let's keep this really catchy and anthemic, but also let's make it about something. Let's, let's make it about something that we're feeling in our life right now. And obviously you've got the um, Wes Anderson-inspired music video, right? I mean, that definitely, I could see that influence, with especially the characters in the video. They seem like classic kind of mismatched characters that you might get in one of his films. Um, yeah, how did that idea for the video come about? Yeah, we're, we're super proud of that video. That may be one of our favorite videos we've ever made. Um, we, we thought Bang sounded, uh, like I said, evil and dark, but also kind of classy. Um, and so we wanted a visual that reflected that. And we thought poker, or whatever that is, it is, is it craps or poker, like whatever it is in a casino and with that feel. Yeah. Um, that felt very, like, 1980s Miami, like, you know, but in the casino world. And so we we set up this very red color palette and it, we, we started to realize, okay, with this idea of the very symmetrical shot zooming out and zooming back in and how repetitive and considered every, uh, every prop was, 
definitely a general Wes Anderson style. But I, if, if I had to pick one, probably that one. I mean, you guys only had an album out last year, right? So you're not really messing around, are you? Putting an, an, another single out already? And... So right now, we were supposed to be in South America doing all the Lollapaloozas. Um, mm. And obviously that didn't happen. And once our entire year switched around and uh, changed because of the quarantine, we suddenly got into songwriting mode. Um, just a switch suddenly turned on. And so we spent basically every day of this quarantine so far uh, writing new songs. Uh, and it, it, it's been really interesting writing songs in this setting of, you know, nobody's outside and everybody's stuck inside and how unsure this setting is. Of, are we, when are we going to get to play these live? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so it, it's, been, it, it's been an interesting way to write songs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I guess it's weird for bands right now. It's almost like summer's literally been cancelled so i'm guessing you guys had a lot of um shows and festival appearances either being rescheduled or who knows what's going to happen yeah yeah i mean hopefully hopefully they're all rescheduled for later in the fall um yeah we're supposed to do two tours two uh u.s tours this year uh going through really big like amphitheaters and stuff we were super excited but uh now now we're kind of bummed that uh they were cancelled but hopefully they're just postponed and we could do them again in the fall or early next year it sounds like there's a strong silver lining if you guys are, you know, having a strong creative output in the meantime, writing new songs and stuff. It's true, yeah. I think HR really thrives off of uncertainty. I think that's definitely a thread of the, the our music and our lyrics. So maybe there's some weird silver lining with how uncertain everything is. Maybe we'll be able to draw some good creative inspiration from it. So you, you guys are managing to stay positive throughout this really incredibly strange time? Uh, we're Yeah, we're trying. I mean, if I have any advice, it's pour yourself into projects, into work or hobbies. Mm. This is your chance to try to accomplish anything that you were too busy to do before. Yeah, yeah. No real excuse anymore. I saw you guys are working with um, RIP Medical Debt. Is that right? Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So we launched this campaign yesterday um, to try to... So we, we, we thought a lot about how can we use AJR's platform for good in this time because we're, we're very into sustainability and promoting that. Um, but in this time right now, we kind of thought, okay, a, a lot of people are getting masks made. W- what else needs to be done and how can we use our platform? And so we decided um, we were going to help alleviate a lot of medical debt, um, a lot of like uh, the medical bills for people that, that need it. So we partnered up with, yeah, RIP. They, they have this system. I don't quite understand. Adam understands it better than me, but they have this system where essentially – if you donate a dollar, it alleviates $100 of medical debt. And in the last 24 hours, we've already alleviated $2.1 million worth of medical debt. Pretty cool. My taxes are due. Do my best will begin with a one or a two. Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow. Metronome. Man, I'm up to something. Ooty la thank you all for coming. I hope you like the show, cause it's on a budget. So ooty la yeah. Come on, here we go, yeah. Come on, here we go. So put your best face on, everybody pretend you know this song. Everybody come hang. Let's go out with the bang. Yeah, so with Bang, are you, is there another single or record coming soon, following on the heels of that song? Or? I think so, yeah. I think probably next month we'll put out another song. In the next one month, we'll probably put out another one. 
we're very we're very album oriented as artists. Um, we we don't love the feeling of just putting out random songs for the sake of feeding the the fans. I think our our fans are a very uh, understanding group of people that know we're we're working hard on a cohesive group of songs that's a cohesive album, and it will come out when it's ready to come out. Um, so I think that's that's very much on the forefront of our minds. We don't want to just keep pushing content. It's not content. It's music. It's meant to be really listened to and really appreciated. Um, yeah, my short answer is it will come out when it's ready, but probably, yeah, the first one will be next month. Um, yeah, can you give us any, what can you tell us about the new music that's on its way out? Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's been interesting because, like I said, it, it, has, it has to, we can't I feel like we're repeating ourselves with Neo Theater because I'm very proud of how Neo Theater sounds how big and theatrical and bombastic it was. Um, but at the same time, it has to be very AJR-ish. I think this album is probably a little bit heavier. Um, it's probably a little bit darker in terms of subject matter. Um, it's probably also a little more extreme sounding. The, the lows are very low uh, in terms of the, the sad subject matter, but the highs are also very high. We have some songs that we've made that are faster and happier than anything we've ever made before. Um, so that feels good to kind of be stretching our breath of what we're able to do. You guys have basically been putting out an album a year for a while, and you're probably going to be doing that at an even faster rate as things are if you're producing a song every day at the moment as well. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll definitely have a lot of songs <laughs> to choose yeah. from. Uh, yeah, I think to, we're working every day, but often with our songs, we're, we spend, you know, a couple weeks on one song. Uh in the past, we used to, and I know a lot of artists, write a song a day, and if, it, if the song wasn't good that day, they throw it out and start over, uh, start with a new song tomorrow. Um, we found that that doesn't work as well. We found that that's a recipe for making more forgettable songs and less jam-packed, um, important, profound songs. And so we try to put a lot of effort into each song. We want all you know, 10 to 12 songs that end up on the album. We want to have spent months and months on each song um, tweaking and making sure it's jam-packed with every bit of emotion it could have. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.